So, uh, yeah, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 15. Uh, we'll be in Luke chapter 15 today. We're going uh, uh, to go over a story. It's a parable, but it, it's a story. A parable is a, is a heavenly story uh, using earthly things so we can understand, really we can understand God more and how He works, how He moves and everything. So we'll be in Luke chapter 15. And uh, I do want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in here. Uh, thank you for your service. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, thank you for your support, right? Uh, no, it, it, Father's Day is a, is a very special day, and we should celebrate fathers on this day. Now, with that being said, I know that uh, there are some who didn't have the best, um, maybe the best relationship with their earthly father. Maybe uh, you, you even did have a, a good relationship, but your, your father has passed or whatever it may be. There's many different circumstances that uh, um, uh, can, can be explained or can be experienced. That's what I was looking for. Can be experienced on this day. Well, what I want to do is um, just talk about how that uh, on this Father's Day that we can celebrate fathers by better knowing our Heavenly Father. Um, and again, if you have an earthly father that just didn't, uh, didn't, I mean, he didn't amount to, to much. He didn't, uh, uh, he wasn't there for you, whatever it may be. Uh, my, my, my request to you is that you don't judge your heavenly father based upon your earthly father. Because your earthly father, no matter if he was the greatest or is the greatest man that you know in your life, he still has this thing called sin that he's dealing with as well. And he will fall at times. But your heavenly Father is perfect. And I'll tell you what, he is never going to leave us. The Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So today, what I want us to do is uh, look at this story in, um, in Luke chapter 15. And I, as we read this story, what I'll do is I'll, I want to read through it, kind of for those of you that might not have heard it before, um, those of you who are tuning in online right now, whatever it may be. Uh, and by the way, that guy that was that I did that rant on last week, we never heard a peek from him. Um, so whatever. But uh, what I want to do is I want to explain this story, and then what we are going to do is kind of run back through it and look at some different perspectives um, in it. And the, the plan is, if you're wondering, oh, when are we going to do baptisms? Because we got baptisms today. We got four. Awesome. It is four baptisms. And, and this is the cool thing. There's a father and a son going to be baptized today. I mean, what better thing to do than to baptize a father and a son on Father's Day? Um, but, I mean, any baptism is awesome, and we're going to celebrate it. So get ready. You know when we when we uh, when we baptize here, we're, we're I know it's been a little bit. We're gonna get these waters moving today, but remember when we baptize we're, and we celebrate, y'all can't just sit there and go <laughs> golf clap. No, this is a, a recognition of, of what is taking place in the individual's life. It is something to celebrate because it says that the angels in heaven celebrate when when someone comes to Christ. So that's what it's going to be about. Yes, woohoo is right. All right, let's get uh, let's get fired up and uh, let's look at our text and we'll uh, we'll talk more about it. 
So uh, in uh, uh -oh, my, my microphone thinking up in uh, Luke chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 11. And, and as you see, if you do have a, like a, a red letter Bible, you're going to see that most of almost all of this, 99% of this text that we're going to look at, it's all red letter. So this is Jesus speaking. And if you're wondering, like, who's he talking to? If you look back to uh, um, the beginning of Luke 15, it says that the tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to him. And then it says the, the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling. So you have tax collectors and sinners. You have Pharisees and you have uh, um, the, these scribes. You have the religious people and then you have the people that are the farthest away from God. You had uh, the disciples there as well. You had a diverse crowd, right? This diverse crowd here, Jesus is giving this message to, and he, he starts off talking, um, and, and we're not going to go through it all, but he starts off talking about a lost sheep, and then he goes into a lost coin. And then he goes into the, this uh, parable that a lot of people really know, even people who didn't grow up in the church, even uh, in the, the, the world, you'll hear about the, the prodigal son returns, right? Well, the prodigal son, that, that comes from... Scripture. And, and that's the, the, the passage I want to talk about today. So, verse 11. It says, And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the, the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. I, I look at that and stop for a second. I mean, this is kind of a side note. When, when the, the son is like, hey, hey, Dad, give me what's going to be mine when you die. Give it to me now. What, what is he essentially saying? I don't really care about you. I just want my stuff. I, I want to be able to enjoy all of this stuff. Well, it says he gave it to him. And it said, um, not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. So, so understanding that, that uh, when it's talking about gathering all that he had, this is... Um, because he would have like sheep and goat and you know maybe some camels, whatever it may be, a lot of stuff. Uh, he, he didn't take this big entourage with him on this journey. What he probably did, and, and what, what this, this word gathered really infers, is that he brought everything together, then he pawned it off, or he, he traded it, he sold it, so then he could just take the money. You know, go on, take the money and run. We should sing a song like that or something sometime, right? Some of you are like, wait a second, that's not going take my Oh, <gasps> preacher, I can't believe you did that. Huh? Welcome. I got a cat shirt on. I'm not in my right mind. No, never were. Yeah, you're right. Amen. But it says that not, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. That reckless living, this is where they get that, that idea of the, the prodigal, uh, um, the, the, the unwise. It says, uh, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. He began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. So just think about this. Jesus is talking to this group uh, predominantly of Jewish uh, men and women. And 
as he's, as he's talking about this, this boy, this young man who squandered all his living and there's this famine and now he's uh, taking, he's hiring himself out to, to feed pigs. It's, there's so many different levels of, um, um, I don't know, understanding in this text that we can kind of just overlook it. But the understanding is he was a Jew that was now in a foreign country with no food or anything. And he was with his father, which his father must have had some money because uh, he had this great inheritance that he gave to his, his son and then his son squandered. So he went from being this uh, heir to, not a throne, but an heir to a, a good lifestyle. And then he recklessly takes this and, and just squanders it all. But then he hires himself out to feed pigs. Pigs and Jews don't go together. They're in the Old Testament, it talks about how they are unclean. So, so this is, is not just uh, he was hard on his luck and he had to go get a job, whatever, flipping burgers or, 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 or doing, you know, it, or working at a car wash or whatever it may be. This was, this was lower than that. Like he, he had to get a job where he was uh, the lowest of the low in the, the economy that he was in. This was a, where he, he, he comes to, and, uh, and the reason I'm belaboring this point, because I want us all to really just feel where this guy was at, this young man was at, because in his mind, he had it all planned out. Anybody have a plan? Anybody had a plan? Anybody's plan go awry or not how you thought, right? He had a plan, and his plan didn't go like he thought it would. And because his plan didn't go like he thought would, he had to make an adjustment. And the adjustment wasn't a good adjustment. This was like, a, man, I'm, a, I'm desperate. I'll do the whatever I have to do because, man, there's nothing around. Look what it says here in 16. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. So he was looking at this and saying, man, I'm, I'm hungry. I'll even eat the slop that the pigs are eating. That's how desperate I am. But when he came to himself, verse 17, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. Now, stop for a second and look at this, because when, we, when we're looking at um, verse 17, it says that like, when he came to himself... Dude hit rock bottom, right? There wasn't any lower that he could go. Now, when I say that, maybe what, 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 we, can, uh, um, what, what we have to do is, is look at our life, and maybe it's not a material rock bottom that you've hit. Maybe, maybe you've been blessed, and that's great. Maybe you've been blessed throughout your whole life, but it's not a material rock bottom, but it's an emotional or it's a spiritual rock bottom in which you hit. I think that this is what had to happen for this young man, to, for his eyes to be open when it says, but when he came to himself, this coming to himself is the Hebrew and Aramaic uh, a term for uh, repentance. He came to repentance. What does, that, what does that mean? His mind was changed towards what it is he was doing. Well, why, 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 is that so, why is that so important? Well, he thought he was going to be able to, to you know, go and live this luxury lifestyle. It was then put in his, in, in his face, 
and his experience that it wasn't going to go that way. Well, instead of like, okay, I got it. I'm still going to pursue this. No, he got to a point said things have got to change. Anybody ever get to there? Things have got to change. If things don't change, I'm going to die. Things don't change. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I came across this quote, and, and this is an awesome quote in this, this sense. Because this young man who had this idea that, that he was going to go do these, these great things, in essence what he did is he, he went and lived a sinful lifestyle. And this quote says, Sin always promises more than it gives, takes you further than you wanted to go, and leaves you worse off than you were before. Let me read that one more time. Sin always promises more than it gives, takes you further than you want to go, and leaves you worse off than you were before. What, 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 is, what does that mean? It's, okay, there are things that look enticing. To this young man, it looked enticing to go and to live this lifestyle of sin. And it, but it took him further than he wanted to go. And guess what? It left him with nothing. The grass ain't always, always greener on the other side, right? So if, if the grass is greener on the other side, nine times out of ten, it's because it's artificial turf. Right? It's not there. But look, look what it says. Verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So he's got this figured out in his mind. I'm to the lowest of lows. This is where I'm at. I'm going to go and I'm going to plead with the Father. I'm going to plead with my Father and say, you don't even have to treat me as a son anymore. Treat me as the, the, one of your lowest servants. I'll wash your feet when you come in. I'll wash the manure, whatever it is, off your feet. I just, I, I just want to be fed. I just want to be in your protection. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. Now, stop for a second. Because I, I love the fact that, that he, it says that he arose and he went, he went to his father. Because we have this understanding, or I should say, we have this idea that when we come to a point in our life where we have to change the way in which we think about sin, a particular sin. When I say that, Everybody has something in their life they're dealing with. And the reason that we deal with this, this sin, whatever it may be, is because we don't think about that sin correctly. What we can do is we kind of coddle our sins in our life. We learn how to cope with our sins. We're, we're, we are a society of, of coping mechanisms, whatever it may be. So what we are taught is like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's okay, Johnny, but... You know, I know, yes, that's wrong, but you got to learn to live with it. No, we have to change our minds to think differently about the sin. That's what that repent means. But I love the fact that it says that he arose and he went, because repentance is not just a mental thing. It's a physical thing as well. When you repent and you say, I'm not going to do this, you have to take action. That's what he's saying here. I'm not going to live this way anymore. And he's, well, I'm just going to wait. I know this really sucks, but I said I'm not going to live this way anymore. No, it's I'm not going to live this way anymore and then do something about it. That's what, that's what he's saying. Like, okay, verse 20, it says that he arose and he came to his father. 
But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. So he's starting in on his plead, his plea bargain here. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He's like, he, he's coming up and you, you just picture it. Father's coming on. The, the, the son's like, I'm not even worthy to be your son. The father stops him and, 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 and the father says, but the father said to his uh, servants, bring quickly the best robes and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. When the, 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 the son came back, he was expecting to just be, <laughs> I told you so. Anybody ever get that, that lecture? How well, how about this? Anybody ever give that lecture? I, I'm guilty. How well does that work? If you think about it. When, when, exactly. When, 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 you, when you go to some, somebody comes to you and, and they're, they're saying, yeah, you know what? You were right. I know. I know I was. That's why I said it. I'm guilty of that. I know I am. I'm, I'm working on it. But that's not what the father said. The father didn't just rub it in his face. He said that he, he, he brought the fattened calf and he gave him shoes and a robe and a ring. Look at verse 25, because there was not only was there a younger son that, that came back to his father here, there's something else going on here. Look, 25 says, Now his older son was in the field, and he, as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. <gasps> and dancing. Oh, shame them. And he called one of the servants and asked them, asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. He was angry. Oh, I'm angry. Why, I, why don't I get it? Again, I don't, you don't need to raise your hand, but... Uh, how many of you have been in that? Stick out your lip because you didn't get what you wanted. Just saying. It says, but he was angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. And I never disobeyed your command. Yet every you, know, you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Just picture him stomping his feet. But when this son of yours came, who devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fat calf for him. You love him more than you love me. He's your favorite, isn't he? Yeah, I know that Luke didn't put it in there, but you know that it's there. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. This is, for this your brother was, was dead and is alive. He was lost, and now he's found. What the father here is telling the son here, there is an act of worship that needs to take place. Celebration is an act of worship. When we celebrate things like this, the lost being found, the dead coming back to life. Celebration should take place. It shouldn't be, oh, that's cool. 
Hey, you're baptizing in church today? Awesome. You better, hey, better, whoever it is, you got to answer that right now. Answer it. Who is it? It might be Jesus. Jesus is calling. Calling us sinners, come on. Some of you remember that old hymn, right? Yes. That's good stuff. But understand that, 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 that uh, um, the, the act of, or a celebration is an act of worship. It's not just so we can have fun. It's really a true celebration. And when we baptize and we're hooping and hollering, we're, we're clapping. And it's not so we can just have fun. No, it's so we can identify with the angels that are, are, are praising God in heaven. Christianity doesn't have to be lame. Living out your faith does not and is, is not intended to, to be done in quiet or secret, especially in a country like ours that is free. Uh, granted, it's crazy. We got some wacko things going on right now. That's a prayer that, that, that every night my kids will tell you, my wife will tell you, that we pray for our country and our leaders, that they turn to God. They get, I think last night I said they get, they get their heads out their butts. And Moose giggled. But that was your immature 16, right? And not the mature 17 now, right? But we have to understand we, 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 need, we need to worship. We need to, to celebrate. Now, when we look at this, we talked about a lot of things already. Now, i got plenty of time. For the next 20 minutes or so, what I want to do is I want to shift this, the, the perspective of this story. Now, when I say I want to shift the, perspe the, the perspective of the story, what I want to do is I want to look at, at the, the father and some of his reactions. Because it's always called the prodigal son, and everybody focuses on the son, but I, I really believe, and, and, and you guys can fight me on this, that's fine, but I really believe this story is more about the father's love than it's the son's return. The son, it's great, and we can identify with the son, and I think we should identify with the son in this story because we have times in our life that we get reckless with what it is that we're doing. And we need to return to the father and as we, as we return to the Father, what we need to know is how He's going to respond to our return. If you're taking notes, you can write this, uh, this big idea down. This is a big idea that I want to talk about for a few minutes. Knowing God as our Heavenly Father will change the way we celebrate today. Yes, granted, it is Father's Day. But Father's Day is, not, is only a day. We can celebrate every day as Father's Day with God as the one that we are celebrating as our Father. Let's look back through this, this text and, and just pick out a, a few highlights or a few observations that we can focus on the Father and we can learn more about who God is. Because the, the Father in this story is meant to be a picture of God as our Father. And, and remember, I get it. Some of you already have been sitting here the whole time. I hate Father's Day. Okay, I get it. Your dad was a dud. If you're a dad in here, we need to be dudes, not duds, right? We need to understand that we have a responsibility to shepherd our families. Shepherding is tough. Shepherding is one of those things that you're... I'm going to find yourself in situations where the sheep bite. Sheep do bite. 
You're going to find yourself in situations where the sheep don't want to pay attention to what it is you have to say. Just, just, there, there's a lot of variables that go on here, but just remember, fathers, dads, it's still your job to shepherd your family. Now, I'm not minimizing the, the role of, of, of mothers, of wives in, in, you know, in, in this, this context here, or at all. I think that, but God has given us different roles in the family, and we are to live that role out. We are to be the men and women that God designed us to be. In a world where you can pick and choose what bathroom you want to go to, which is sick, in a world like that, you have to understand that it's not up to you to decide with the way in which you are to live. It's up to you to understand what God has designed you to be. And there is nothing more freeing than to be living in God's will, doing what it is that God wants us to do. Because like Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, that when we ask of God, direct us and guide us, lead us in our steps. He's going to lead us in ways and places that, that we never even thought of or we um, could fathom or we expected. Some of them are going to be some, wow, why am I here? But others are going to be like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. I would have never thought about this. But what we have to do is we have to, to, to look and we have to understand that God has designed us to be a certain way. As we look here, we can see... Um, God's design uh, for fathers, but ultimately this picture of God as Father. Look at verse 12 with me. Because in verse 12, when it says that the younger of them, of the two sons, said that he went to his father, give me my share of the property. I want you dead, Dad. Give me what's come to me. I don't care about you. Give me my stuff. What does it say he did in verse 12? And he divided his property between them. Which is interesting because it says he divided his property between them. So when the, 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 the older son was griping and moaning and complaining, did he forget what happened not just a short time before that? Because the older son would have got two-thirds of his father's property and the younger son would have only gotten one-third. It's weird math. It's the older gets double portion, but it actually comes out two-thirds and one-third. Don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not a math guy, but that's how it works. So the, 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 the sons, they, they, they got what it is was coming to them. And, and look at that. Instead of rebuking, instead of the father saying, are you serious? That would be my, actually it would be something like this. If Gabe came up to me and said, hey, dad, give me all your guns when you die. Okay. Well, he already knows that that's going to happen, except for a few. There's a couple that the girls want. Oh, uh, girl. Yeah. Hey, or Moose doesn't want, she doesn't like guns. Um, although she has a gun on her keychain, whatever. Uh, you like what? Fake guns. Pew, pew. Yeah, just throw the bullet, handful of bullets at her. So if, if Gabe came up to me and said, Dad, I know that I'm supposed to wait until you die to get all your guns, but give them to me now. I'd look at him, are you crazy? Or are you stupid? I know that we dropped you on your head, but I don't think it was that hard. We had that conversation last night. By dropping on his head. No, but this is what the father didn't say anything like that. He didn't rebuke him, which is interesting because the father grants the desire of the, of the son. Well, what can we learn about God in that? Well, this is a good picture 
of God letting us do what we want to do. Well, what, 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 what do you mean? Well, there are things that you want to do, and the fact of the matter is you're going to do them whether God wants you to do it or not. We do have a choice. We do have free will. Just because we do it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. That's another, another area with Gabe. He does things, and he tries to be a trickster or whatever, and it's, some of them are, eh, you shouldn't do that. Well, I was just joking, or I was just having fun. Well, just because you thought it was this doesn't mean they thought it was this. This is a picture here of the, of the father saying, all right, go ahead, and just kind of letting them go. There are things in our lives, if we're honest, that we really wanted to do. We didn't get God's approval. Most of the time what we do is we, we oh, I need to pray about it. God, grant me this, this prayer. I really, I really want to, man, God, if you, if you give me this, this new truck, God, there, that's, there's so much I could do. There's so much, I can go to the food bank and get food. Or I can get a, a, um, you know, tow my neighbor's boat for him. And I, I can, I mean, I could do this. Man, God, if you just give me this one thing, God, I'll just use it for you. Amen. All right, I prayed about it. Let's go to the store. Go on, give me a truck. God said it was okay. No, but that's the problem is we try to justify everything in our lives in which we do by saying, oh, we prayed, prayed about it. Oh, we did this. Well, God gives us the desires of our heart. No, no, no. No, no, that's not what that, that's, that's not what that says. It says, it, it, it says that, that if we what, delight ourselves in the Lord, then He gives us the, the, the desires of our heart. The delighting in the Lord has to come before the desire, the, the, the manifestation of your desires. So what, what, what am I saying? When we look at this picture, we have to understand that God lets us do things. God will even let you, will let you get into some crazy situations in your life sometimes that the, the and, and and people try to fight back well you know if god was a loving god he wouldn't let that happen I, I totally disagree with you i believe that god is such a loving god that he lets things happen just for the the the, the, the sake of getting your attention does god cause bad things to happen i'm not going to have that debate but I think that we can look at things in our lives and, and 99 times out of 100, if not 999 times out of 1,000 or whatever, if we look at the, our lives, all of that, those, those times that we're in those situations, if we were really honest with ourselves, and if we really looked back and seen some of the decisions in which we've made, we would see that it's because I wanted to do it. I wanted to do this. I wanted this. I wanted that. It wasn't that God wanted it for you. It was because I wanted to do that. And then you have God saying, okay. All right, go, 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 ahead, go ahead. Go get him, buddy. Not, not giving his blessing, but just saying, All right, you're making the choice. Knowing that there's going to be a point where, where we'll get, where we're going we're gonna to say, God, I was wrong. I, I need you now more than ever. And that's the beautiful part which we see about the Father here. Look at verse 20. This is one of my favorite because when it says that the, the, the Son, He came to Himself and He arose and He came to His Father. Again, picture the Son. He's kind of coming up the path. Man, 
Oh, man. He's coming up the path. His head's hung down. It says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. The wording there really means he fell on his neck. He was so happy to see him. It didn't, he didn't go and embrace him and do it like a suplex and slam him to the ground. No, it, he said it, he went and embraced him, but it said he was from a long distance. While he was still a long way off, the father saw him. As I was reading through this, I was thinking, man, <clears throat> how is it that the father saw him? Was it, was it this, you know, the father, he gets up in the morning, he's like, oh, man, let me get my coffee. He's sitting there, he looks out the window, and he's like, oh, wait, is that Billy? That's Billy! I don't know if his name is Billy or not, but that's Billy! Puts his coffee and he goes, no, no I, I don't believe that it was by happenstance that the father saw him. I, I, I picture the, the movie uh, Secondhand Lions. Have you guys seen that? Great movie. The old, old guy's sitting on the porch. In a rocking chair. Brenda, I almost brought a rocking chair just for this, for you. But just picturing the father sitting there day in and day out. Just watching. Because he knows his son's going to come back. He knows what his son is doing is going to take him to a place where he's either going to be killed and he's going to, he's going to uh, the father will get news that the son is dead or he knows he's going to get to a place where he's going to come back home. So the father's just sitting there, watching, waiting. And when he sees him, it said he had compassion. He didn't say, I told you so. No, he had compassion. And he ran. And, and some, some scholars will say that the, the, the fact that the father was running, you know, that's uncharacteristic or unconventional of you know, men in that days, it was disrespect, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. I don't care. All I, I care about is seeing the dad run into the son. And he embraced him. I, I, I imagine him just, and just falling to pieces, weeping on him. It goes on. Look at verse 22. In 21, the son's, you know, he's going through, he starts in on his, his big plea. <laughs> I sinned against the heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father, he, he just cuts him off. He cuts him off with the 22 said, but the father said to his servant. So he, he's, you just think about their embrace and he's like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And the father's like, hey, you, this is what I want you to do. Go get the fatty calf. Or put the best robe on him and put on him a ring and shoes and get the fatty calf. The father didn't let him go through all of his woes. The father really didn't care. And this is what I love because I love that there's a fact that when, when, when you say I don't care, I have two I don't cares. There's I don't care is not going to bother me and then I don't care just get away from me. The father had this I don't care of what all was, went on. I don't care what you did. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you did some crazy, crazy things. I don't care about any of that. I don't care what's in your past. I care about the present right now. 
And I see this beautiful picture of when, when, we, when we look at this. Now, because, because when we look at this, what we have to understand is, is that the sun never um, was not the sun, right? The sun, when he, even when he said, Dad, I wish you were dead, give me all my stuff, that he didn't renounce him as son. No, he was still the son. So when we look at this picture, I truly believe this is not a picture of somebody who is lost as far as someone who's not a believer coming to Christ. I, I look at this as a, a picture of a believer in Christ, a Christian who has broken fellowship and is coming back to the Father. A, a, a Christian that, that you know, they, they, they grew up in church and they had a, a strong relationship and then life happened and they just wandered away from God. But then something happened in their life that they're like, I got to come back to God. That's the picture in which I see in this story because I think it's a, this, this, whole, this whole story is about restoration. It's about the father restoring his child to the position that they were in, the whole, they should have been in the whole time. He never was not the son here. Because when it says that in 22, he didn't care about what was going on in the past. He cared about right now. <clears throat> Look on to verse 28. Because in verse 28, what we have is another view of the Father here. Not with the son, the younger son that has returned, but we have a, another view of the father with the older son who's been there the whole time, and now he's standing there stomping his feet, sticking out his lips, saying, why did you do this for me? I've been here the whole time, and, and I've, been, I've been with you, and, 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 and why, why can't I get any of this? I'm not even going to go in and celebrate Billy coming home. I can play this role really well. You better believe it. At one point in my life, my dad will tell you, at one point in my life, I was a mama's boy. Not, not so much anymore, but I was. It says in verse 28, the, the, the older son, but he was angry and refused to go in. I'm picturing him. He's standing outside looking in the window. They ain't really having fun. That must, I bet that's just grape juice, and that's not real wine. The meat's probably burnt anyways. The cheesy potatoes are probably too cheesy. The pistachio dessert's probably bitter. You get what I'm saying? He's out of sight. But it says here, he was angry and refused to come in. But his father came out and entreated him. We don't use that word, entreat. But, but, but picture, his father comes out. And now his father's not coming out weeping. No, his father comes out. And he says, Jimmy. So we get Jimmy and we got Billy. Jimmy, come in. Come on in. And we're having this great party. Your brother, who was dead and is alive, who was lost and is, is found, he's here. Come, come celebrate with us. You don't need to stand out here and look through the window. Come, come on in. This is another picture, I believe, of, of, of a, a restorative narrative because you see the older brother, 
He didn't want to partake of the celebration, even though he was entitled to the celebration as well. This is, I, I, I see this, it, maybe not as much in, in our church, but I've seen this in, in, in church in the past and in others, where you do have somebody come back, but then you have some that are like, well, I've been here the whole time. I should be able to do this, and I should be able to do that. And No! What we have to understand is when, this is not even just a church thing, this is a, a kingdom thing. We should welcome one another into the kingdom, not because it's us who welcomes them in initially, it's God who welcomes them in. It is Christ who has died on the cross, who was buried, who was raised on the third day, who ascended to the, to the right hand of the Father, who's waiting to come back. It's Him who has brought us into the kingdom. Just think about it. If God welcomes people into the kingdom, why shouldn't we? Well, they don't practice their... They, they don't do what we do. Okay. We may do things a little bit different. Maybe there's some that are, and there are, a little bit more strict. All right, they're still going to be in, in heaven. We're going to surprise them when, when we're there. We're all going to sneak in. Ah! So, you know, there's going to be, then there's going to be, there's the other side that are just the hooping and hollering. We're kind of in the middle. It's, it's fine. But all of us, we can practice our love for Jesus and our faith in Him a little bit different. But what we can't do is we can't alienate people who God has brought in. And, and if, you, if you ever find yourself as the older brother, well, I can't believe he or I can't believe she, just, just say this one thing. Can you really believe you? Can you believe that God let you in? <laughs> Me neither. That's why I love the fact, I love what Spurgeon said, that, that, that I know that, that, that God chose me before I was born, before I even came on this earth, because it, He definitely probably wouldn't have chosen me after I was born. After He saw all the stupid things in which I've done, and I'm still going to do. What we have here is we have this Father, He comes out and He says, come on in, man. Jimmy, let's go. Man, we got a, we got a special place for you. Come on in. As we look at this story, and as we see that the Father in this story is meant to be the picture of God the Father, this story is all about restoration. And I think that on Father's Day, we should think about this story of restoration, of how we've been restored uh, to the Father through the work of Jesus Christ. And if, there, if, if you haven't been, if you haven't been restored through the work, it's not because that God hasn't given you the gift, it's because you haven't received the gift. The gift is for all. Right? He says for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But it also says that God loves the world. I love that in the original it says God loves the world in, in, in such a way, this is how He displays it. Or this is how He communicates it. He loves, he loves everyone so much and He gave His Son. But we have to receive that, right? That receiving that gift is the key to the kingdom. So when we, we, we look at, at this story here, and we see this restoration, and, and us as believers, we need to understand when we do go our way, by the grace of God, we can come back. It doesn't mean that we should go and, and keep on sinning. Romans, uh, Romans 6, I think it is, says, <laughs> for God forbid that we do that. It's not a, a, a ticket so we can go live however we want and we know that well, God's grace is going to cover me. Well, that's not the point. You don't understand God's grace. I've said that many times. 
If you abuse it, you don't, it's not that you're going to lose it. You don't know it. So us as believers, we look at this story, we say that times in our life that we feel far from God, what we should not do is let the enemy come in and, 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 and let us mope around and, oh, I'm going to go back to the Father. Oh, I'm so defeated. Maybe I can't go back to, to, to God because I'm such a loser. No, what we have to understand is even though we may vary and, 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 and uh, get off course a little bit, we can always come back to the Father. And what's the Father going to do? Receive us with arms wide open. That's one of those, I think that's a Creed song, right? Arms wide open. I love that song. I just think, I just think of when, when, I think of actually in, in, what is it, Rio de Janeiro, where they've got the big Jesus on top of the hill. And his hands are like this. Come on. Come on. I got my, I'm waiting for you. As we look at this story of restoration, and as we see the believers, this is us for, for believers, but there also is that element of those who haven't come to Jesus yet. This is a, hey, he's waiting for you. I'm here. And what's he going to do when you come? He's going to embrace you and say, you know, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. I know that, 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 that your life hasn't been what you thought it should be. But I know, I know what's best for you. I don't care about what's happened in the past. I'm, I'm going to focus right on, the, on today. And if you give your life to me, we can celebrate together. We can see this, this restoration take place. What I also like in all of this is that picture of the father sitting in the rocking chair on the front porch just waiting. Knowing Man, my kids are out there and they're doing some stupid things. I love them. I'm not going to control them. I'm going to let them make their own decisions. But I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to wait for them. I, I know that every parent in here, whether you have little kids, big kids, whatever, whether you've had good things or bad things happen with your kids, if your kid came to you, you'd still receive them in. The Father is sitting here. The Father is sitting in His rocking chair. I'm not saying He's sitting there waiting on us to hit rock bottom. No, He's sitting there waiting for us to return to Him. When we veer off path, He's waiting for us to correct that. He's not waiting for a lightning bolt to, to, to zap us in the rear end. He's waiting for us to come back to Him. Sometimes we do have to get in that low so we can see like, wow, Man, I really don't know everything. Wow, I thought this way. I thought I, I thought my way was better than God's way. Sometimes we got to veer off so He can say, "No, come on in, come back." Let me let me remind you. Let me put a robe on you. Let me cover you with my my robe to show you're my son or you're my daughter. Let me put shoes on your feet to show you you're not a servant of anyone. Let me put a ring on your finger to show that you have my authority. As sons and daughters of the King, we have been, we have been given God's authority to be what? We talked about a few weeks ago, to be ambassadors for Him. As we look at this story, as we close here in a second, 
as we look at this story, just don't, don't, look, at, don't look at this story and just say, yep, it's not a good Bible story. Look at this story and say, you know what? The Father is waiting. He's, 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 he's waiting for me. Yeah, but I've done all this crazy stuff. Yeah, but he's waiting. I, I, I don't want anybody to, to think that you've gone too far. You can never go too far to come back to God. Or maybe there's someone online that's like that's thinking right now, well, I've never come to God in the first place, so I can't come back to Him. No, understand that He created you in His image. You can come to Him. Why? Because He's drawing you in. I think it's a beautiful thing when we, when we do celebrate, as we're going to celebrate baptism here in a second. Those who are getting baptized can, can go ahead and come on up and start uh, going back there and, and getting changed. But um, everybody else, I'd ask if you just bow your heads. Close your eyes. I don't care if you close them open. I just take a moment. <clears throat> the band's going to play a song. You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can hop, you can jump, you can do whatever you want to do. I don't care. But what I want you to do is I want you to just, 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 just get ingrained in your mind that no matter what, the Father's waiting. No matter what, the Father's waiting. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for me. Because he has something so, so much greater in store. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you for this, uh, th this narrative, this story that you've given us so we can see your heart. God, that we can see things that, that, that show us the, that who you are as our heavenly Father. God, at the, at the end of the day, we want to be able to understand your heart, knowing the Father's heart, knowing that you are going to be there no matter what. God, as we get ready to, to celebrate the transformed lives through your spirit, through the work of your son, to come into your kingdom, as we get ready to do all that, God, I, I, I pray God, I pray that, that, that we are just, we well up inside of us just this excitement to see oh, you're working. You're doing something. I like that song. Even when I don't, when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. Because you never stop. You never stop working. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. God, we, we ask that we can just continue to worship you through song, through baptism, through the rest of this day. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' beautiful name.